0: From the American Association of Cardiovascular and Pulmonary Rehabilitation, it's the AACBPR Pulse Pod, and I'm your host, Tom Draper. For this episode of the AACVPR Pulse Pod, I would like to welcome current AACVPR President Amy Knight. Welcome, Amy.
1: Thanks, Tom.
0: So happy to have you here, and and really want to uh, before we get into some questions, want to hear a little bit about your background. You have a very unique background as it relates to cardiac and pulmonary rehab. Wanna hear about that and and your passion, what got you passionate about cardiac and pulmonary rehab?
1: Sure, happy to do that. My uh, profession is clinical neuropsychology, which means I'm trained as a clinical neuropsychologist with some additional specialization in brain behavior relationships and an additional fellowship I'm board certified in neuropsychology. And I work at the University of Alabama at Birmingham in Spain Rehabilitation Center, which means I work on the acute unit for stroke. As a neuropsychologist, I was seeing a lot of patients that had suffered stroke and were part of the rehabilitation process. It just happened that down the hall of the acute stroke unit was the cardiac and pulmonary rehabilitation program. And I knew that that facility was there And they were looking for a psychologist. So it just worked out very well that my first year on stroke rehab was also the year um, that they were looking for a psychologist. And it made me feel like I could do something more for my patients to be involved before they had a stroke and to avoid uh, future strokes in my patient population. So to learn more from cardiac and pulmonary rehab and to be part of the solution.
0: That's fascinating. How long have you been a member of AACPR?
1: So, um, pretty much exactly the ten-year mark. I joined a UAB in Spain Rehab, and I was immediately introduced to Chris Schumann, who was the uh, program director here at UAB. And he said, "You know what you need to do is you need to come to an AACVPR meeting." So uh, I went to my first meeting and was hooked ever since, and really just never looked back.
0: Yeah, I. I think you will talk to many people that have had that same experience. You've had someone who, who encouraged them to get involved, and they've stayed involved. And, and we are incredibly fortunate and grateful for your leadership and organization. Um, so what actually inspired you uh, to take that next step and join the board and then ultimately to where you are today to become president?
1: So, one of the most amazing things about this organization is that it is filled with committed member volunteers who immediately just hook you into whatever they're doing. So my first meeting with AACVPR, I also got put on the task force or the experts group for psychologists and nutritionists and was immediately recruited into specific projects and goals for the organization. At the same time, all of the regional folks for the Southern Association, for the regional affiliate hooked me in. And you just start talking to people and they start talking about their projects and you get excited and you pretty much get invested in the activities of the organization. So it started again at that first meeting I got put on a task force before I was even a formal member so I had to go ahead and fix that and from there uh, it just continues as we all know.
0: (laughs) Absolutely and and I think that's the beauty of this organization is it's uh, diversity and in, in backgrounds. And, and you know, what we have is we have, we want to be representative of what our patients need. And so your background, and we have nursing and physicians and exercise physiologists and respiratory therapists and down the line and dietitians, that is what our patients need. So we're bringing all these perspectives uh, to the, to the table and for you to be leading our, our, our organization and bringing that expertise to the table is absolutely valuable. So as we look at AACVPR today, the last couple of years has certainly been, been, a, been a struggle for our, for our programs, for healthcare in, in general, um, but we're hopefully seeing some light at the end of the tunnel. Um, and, and I know that the board and you leading the board are very focused on, on several, different, several different initiatives. Um, what are some of our biggest opportunities today for AACVPR?
1: I think in some ways the opportunities are no different than they were a couple years ago before the pandemic. We are still looking to increase the referral, enrollment, participation, and graduation rates of that patient population that's eligible. If we are hovering around maybe only 20% of eligibles getting into our programs and completing, we still want to hit that million hearts milestone of maybe something closer to 70%. We know we are missing people that could really benefit from the work we are doing. And in particular, and this kind of leads into the next platform conversation around health equity, who's missing um, may be specific to certain demographics or populations. So we certainly know that from our programs, women may be less represented, working folks, people who live in rural communities, and particularly with the pandemic, seeing disproportionate impact on people of color, people that have suffered uh, an increased burden of things like cardiovascular disease, or with COVID even disproportionate COVID and pulmonary diseases. These people are not necessarily well represented in our current patient population, or in our staff models for that matter.
0: Absolutely. And and I think what what is fascinating is, to your point, the strategy really hasn't changed. And we've always sort of used the, you know, our strategy is a hammer and and the nail is just get more patients in. Uh, And and we haven't necessarily taken a step back. And I think you've brought this leadership to the table, taking a step back and, and saying, well, why haven't we been able to achieve this? We've been working on a lot of different work with turnkey strategies and all this stuff in order to get more patients in, but what are we missing? And I think you've brought that to the table of what we are missing. So how did, how did that conversation go with the board? And, and how, how was this something that, that the health equity platform was chosen to be a strategy with the board of directors?
1: Well, I'll I'll take my inspiration from you, Tom, because you are always very helpful in bringing things to light in terms of a good question for moving forward. And that question is always the why. What is the why? What are we trying to accomplish? And what might outcome of success look like if we accomplish it? For the board, they were already well involved in increasing referral rates, participation rates, adherence and compliance and completion. But ultimately, the question about who are we missing and why might it be beneficial to pay attention to that was a pretty easy sell. If we all want to get more people into the program, it makes sense to break that down into some other categories of why we are missing folks, what are people missing out on in terms of barriers to access, barriers to comfort, and ultimately, the ability to be compliant and to appreciate the program features to let somebody finish. The board was very enthusiastic about this, and it really has been just a natural extension of that effort.
0: Absolutely. Uh, can you give us a little glimpse on, on on what the board and what the committees are? are thinking, and then also talk about, because I know you've been very involved in the Million Hearts Cardiac Rea Collaborative and how it ties into that as well.
1: Sure, I'd be happy to. I think the way to think about um, any new initiative is to, first and foremost, allow the opportunity to brainstorm. Let that be a little bit of an organic process where people bubble up. Everybody can take a step back and think about what could I do? What makes sense for this context, for my personal life, for my institution or my center, for my committee? And that's really um, a model that we generated from the Million Hearts work group. that people from all around the country came together for Million Hearts. Each one had a different perspective of what they were doing, but it really becomes inspirational. Well, if they're doing that, that gives me a good idea. Um, And I'll give the example of Akiba Drew had done some interviewing of women in Baltimore, Black women who had participated in cardiac rehab and wanted to get their uh, comments on what they thought and their input. That became the inspiration for last year at our AACVPR annual meeting to do the health equity panel. And to have a discussion and patient voices and then when you start talking to patients you really do get a whole other set of good ideas and um, motivation towards some ideas for program modification so to answer your question about what's in store for aacvpr We had assembled a health equity advisory panel, and these were basically liaisons to some of our primary committees to ask that question, what can we do in health equity? And each of those committees thought about it, had conversations, brought it back to the health equity panel, and now we are consolidating that response so we can have kind of a unified approach to what the organization might do. Uh, spoiler alert, I'll go ahead and give us some framework here. The idea is to look at opportunities both at AACBPR level, so looking at our staffing within our committees and our board, to look at opportunities for growing our membership and to diversifying the membership of AACBPR for better representation. So a second platform will focus on the opportunity of programs to think about what programs might do to implement health equity strategies and what kind of resources might be beneficial to the membership in diversifying their programs and finally a platform around education and providing more resources to everyone on these topics.
0: Yeah this is going to be really exciting over the next months to years as as a strategy rolls out And, and I think for our membership to um, get some of these tools uh, to see how how things can change in their own programs as well as change nationally. Uh, to see this happen I think is going to be very powerful and the ultimate benefactor is going to be our patients and I'm really excited for that. So as we're talking to our AACVPR membership, um, what do you think they could do this year to support that strategy and that and that mission of, of really looking at um, how we diversify our programs, our education, and really align with this health equity strategy?
1: I think a good start is for people who are really interested in asking the question of health equity and and what can I do in this arena, to look around and see what your opportunities are it's very specific to your position and your role and your center uh, opportunities to look at who's present and whether or not they are completing the program as intended so if somebody's struggling with adherence or completion maybe to follow up with individuals who represent a demographic that is underrepresented ask them those questions, to follow up with our individual patients and to see what they might have needed to help and to put that extra effort forward into thinking about where the barriers might be. I would say another opportunity is to get involved in the pipeline, so to really think about who we're hiring. I know there have been shortages. I know there have been staff losses, and I know in my clinic we're hiring. I know a lot of people are looking to expand, thinking about where you get that referral source for a new hire might make a difference, right? Thinking about a broader search as opposed to just friend of a friend. If you keep everything within a small circle of who you know, then potentially you're not including everybody who might be a good candidate for your job. And finally, I would say the pipeline continues to think about internship programs or fellowship programs or Uh, practicum, are we inviting people in that could think about that next generation of cardiac or pulmonary professionals? And within our programs, is that an option to think about growing those uh, opportunities for people to consider this as a career trajectory?
0: That is some some awesome uh, tips and advice and and guidance and um, just validates why you are such a great president for this organization. So my last question on that line is you're about halfway through. Um, has it gone fast?
1: It has, but you know, pandemic time is weird. I feel yeah. like it's been three years and two minutes at the same time. It just goes very fast and very slow. Um, but it's been exciting and it's been kind of a whirlwind.
0: Absolutely. I I can't, you know, thinking back to when I was there, it went by super fast. And before you know it, let's hope we're all gonna be together in West Palm Beach in Uh, September, so we can see each other face to face with which many of us haven't seen each other in over two years. So that should be a wonderful time. Well, Amy, as always, thank you for your leadership. Thank you for your friendship, for all that you do for the organization, our membership and our patients. And I, again, um, thank everyone for listening to the AACPR Pulse Pod. And uh, we'll talk to you in that at the next episode.
1: Thank you, Tom. I really appreciated being here. Thanks for inviting
0: me. Thank you for listening to The Pulse Pod from the American Association of Cardiovascular and Pulmonary Rehabilitation. If you have thoughts or questions about today's episode, I encourage AACVPR members to continue the conversation on The Pulse Discussion Forum. If you like what you hear, and maybe even your host, please leave a five-star rating and review on one of your preferred podcast platforms and share on social media. To learn more about AACVPR, visit www.aacvpr.org. We'll see you next time on the AACVPR PulsePod.